Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Making Monsters with Taylor Dahl. It's like beer and brats. A perfect combination. You know the deal. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Making Monsters. Uh, Coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Browns. Um, I was up there in Cleveland for the game. Thought they had it. Um, I say that, but there was literally a point where there was like 8 minutes and 40 seconds. And I looked at my friend and I was like, way too long. Like, I don't, I just... I'm not in the trust era of the Bears right now, as good as the defense is playing. I feel like it's always like three and a half quarters of really, really good, and then for some reason things start to fall apart at the end. Um, And then offensively, they just couldn't do anything all day, so I just didn't trust that they would be able to put on a some some crazy game-winning drive that actually almost ended up happening. Um, Two funny stories from this game just because it was – it was crazy. It was cold. Um, it was supposed to be raining the whole time. It ended up actually being kind of decent, which is good because I was not wanting to come back to Florida sick. But the so for the Tremaine Edmonds pick six, I actually missed it. I was sitting. I you know obviously it was right after half. I was waiting because lines and stuff were crazy. So I was like, right at the beginning of the third quarter, I'm going to run down to the bathroom real quick. Um, That way I'm not standing in crazy lines. It won't be long. The bathrooms were literally like right under to where our seats were. So we got the ball first after half. So I waited. I was like, I'll wait until after their drive. They get the ball. Obviously nothing happened. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go run, sprint down uh, down the stairs. As I'm in the bathroom, I hear they have the play-by-play on, obviously. And I was like, I hear Joe Flacco. Deep over the middle. And then you just hear kind of like, oh, it's picked off. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, and then you could, he's like, and he's still going on this. And, you know, like he's going through where Tremaine is. I'm trying, like hurrying, trying to get my pants back up so I can run out and see what the heck's happening. By the time I uh, literally got to the bathroom door, I hear them say touchdown bears. And uh, so I missed it. But I get back to my seats and all my friends were like, no. Go back to the bathroom. You left. We finally scored. You got it like superstitious showing right now and you've got to go sit. And believe me, I was debating it. There were several moments during that next quarter and a half where I was like, maybe I should go sit back in the bathroom and hope something good happens. Um, I didn't. So maybe that Mooney dropping the catch, the Hail Mary at the end was my fault. Uh, I don't know. But uh, defensively, there's so many good things to look at. And that's what I'm kind of riding on right now because we had a miserable time watching our defense last year. And even honestly, through the first three, four weeks of this year, it just wasn't fun at all. And being Chicago Bears, you're, you love your defense and you love your linebackers. And that's what brings me to this Making Monsters today because I'm here to talk about Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, a lot of people were complaining early that he wasn't, you know, not doing anything crazy and everyone's comparing everything to Roquan, even though TJ Edwards is having an absolute phenomenal season. I did my episode on him not long ago, 
but I think that the team, they're they're meshing more and more every single week. They're making big plays. They're getting turnovers. They're getting to the quarterback. A lot of this has to do with, I think, a few things. Number one, Montez Sweat up front. He's just pass rush, pass rush king, um, constantly creating pressure on the quarterback, and that just helps so much with the other guys on the line, even with Yannick Ngakwe not uh, in last week, we were seeing uh, other guys start to get to the quarterback, and a lot of it's from Montez. I will say also that uh, the defensive backs being healthy, all of them playing together, really starting to sync up. You're seeing that work a lot. And then I also think that Tremaine and TJ, they were both new to this team. They weren't used to playing with each other, so that took – there was a little bit of time, adjustment period time, for them to really start feeding off each other and know what's going on. And uh, so I do think that is a large part of it, too. They're all just getting comfortable, and now they've played enough snaps together that they do know how to read off each other. And um, so we're going to do Tremaine Edmonds today. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds in 12 games has 92 tackles, five for loss, four interceptions, a pick, six, six passes defended, and one forced fumble. Uh, The wild part is that he got injured, missed two games in those four games since We've just seen such an increase. So from the out of that total numbers, 29 of those tackles, two for loss, three interceptions, one one touchdown, obviously, three passes defended in the forced fumble. All of those have come in the last four games. So he's just really been able to take a massive leap these this last four games. So today we're going to talk to Coach Bud Foster. He is um, the special assistant for the athletic director at Virginia Tech, but he has worked at Virginia Tech for a long time, since 1987, um, starting as an inside linebacker coach back in 87. And all the way up to through 2019, he was coaching different position groups, also spent some time as a defensive coordinator and the assistant head coach during that time. Um, So he's very knowledgeable of Tremaine Edmonds. He's also very knowledgeable of some other Bears and former Bears, as in uh, Khalil Herbert now, Greg Stroman. Uh, We also, Kyle Fuller, he was a a Hokie. So there's definitely a lot of things that he's familiar with when it comes to the Bears. In general, that role he's in, um, he is very in tune with recruitments and the recruiting process of guys coming to Virginia Tech. But in addition, he's a big part of once guys leave Virginia Tech, still keeping them in, you know, kind of involved in the school and the football team and athletics. So he follows along pretty closely these guys as they move on. And uh, so we're going to talk to him because obviously he knows Tremaine from through those college years, but he's stayed in touch and kind of followed along with Tremaine's career after he got drafted by the Bills. So let's go ahead and jump to this interview with Coach Bud Foster. All right, we are now continuing our Tremaine Edmonds episode. Tremaine has been so much fun to watch, especially since uh, he had a, a, a mid-season injury. Since then, um, he's been lights out for the Bears, and uh, it's kind of what most of us expected him to be. It took a little time for everyone to start gelling defensively, but the Bears have taken, uh, they went from a 30th-ranked total defense to the 5th-ranked total defense in a matter of about eight weeks. So it's been really incredible to watch all of them just grow and really start clicking on that side of the ball. And so now on this episode, we are continuing on with Coach Bud Foster. He is the current special assistant to the athletic director uh, for Virginia Tech, but spent a ton of time at Virginia Tech working on the defensive side of the ball, everything from special teams to linebackers to defensive coordinator, um, even assistant head coach for a bit of time. So, Coach Foster, thank you so much for hopping on with me. Yeah, thanks, sir. Appreciate it. And anytime we can talk about Tremaine, I'm I'm happy to. And, and they are playing well. I've become a, 
a fan. I'm a Midwest guy. I grew up in St. Louis and uh, uh, outside of St. Louis. And then so I, I followed the Bears for a number of years. And when Tremaine landed there, uh, I was really excited. And uh, we've got a few guys up there from Virginia Tech. But, uh, you know, it's really exciting to see Tremaine, and he's playing really, really well. I agree. And it's it's one of the things where I personally, this off season was a big it was a big off season for coach Ryan Pohl mm-hmm. I mean for Ryan Pohl is just because he was in that in the midst the season before didn't have a lot of um, money didn't have a lot of draft picks so this was his first real off season of being able to see what he can do and people were really upset when the Bears got rid of Roquan Smith and he turned this into uh, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards who are just playing out of their minds right now and it's been really fun to watch but coach you were uh, the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach during the time that Tremaine Edmonds attended and played for Virginia Tech uh, 2015 to 2017 was the time that he was there obviously uh, he mm-hmm. didn't the interesting thing to me when I was going back and reading some stuff is he didn't get to play the majority of his senior season in high school because he had an injury. Uh, He was still pretty highly recruited from schools like Cincinnati, East Carolina, Kentucky, North Carolina, USC, Virginia, ended up at Virginia Tech. So let's go back to that a little bit. Tremaine committed to Virginia Tech in July of 2014 before that senior season. So it seems that many schools kind of including the Hokies, already had that idea that he was going to be able to be a pretty good college football player. But what did you guys see even that early on that you believed he was going to be a good fit for the Hokies? Yeah, well, you know, as you guys have found out, he's got a great bloodline. Dad was a great player in the NFL himself. The University of Maryland was a great player. His older brothers, we've had three Edmonds brothers play for us. All three uh, played in the NFL. Um and so we, it was easy to kind of get, not that we were assuming that Tremaine would come, but uh, it's one thing that he wanted to do. He was a big athlete, and we had offered him early, and we knew he was going to be special because he just had, as you, you know, he's got tremendous size. But besides that, he's got tremendous speed and quickness and, uh, and a good IQ and those type of things. He played so many different positions in football. Uh, besides being a multi-sport high school athlete and them having a lot of success. But to be honest with you, I think the deciding factor was a lot of because his dad was a tight end and he was such a highly skilled kid and for being a longer guy, I think people were looking at him maybe being as a tight end. And he didn't want to play tight end. And uh, I was going to give him a shot at linebacker knowing, and he said, well, coach, what happens if I get a little too big? And I said, well, you know, and I think he was just thinking that that might move him to tight end or, you know, he wanted to play defense. So I think at the end, he would probably tell you that our our commitment to him and being a defensive football player, you know, was the deciding factor. Like you said, he had a lot of options. And I'm probably I'm glad that he probably didn't play as much his senior year as he did prior to that because he was a he could have been a national recruit and you know luckily like I said we had we had him rooted in here or had roots here with his family already in the Hokie uh, and you know kind of on our 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 soil so to speak and um, we were able to get him to come and it was a 
you know, it was a, a great fit for him. It was a great fit for us. And, you know, he had a great career. Even though he left early, he had a great mm-hmm. career for us. Yeah, and I guess having that, that family line does add a little bit of extra. And I think that for him, when you have, which I know we'll talk a little bit about, a little bit more about his brothers and dad in a little bit, because it is, there's a lot of uh, a competitive edge there, probably a little help from some of those family members saying, hey, I loved playing here. You'll love playing here, too. Um, I know a big thing for Virginia Tech is winning recruits over Virginia. Virginia, obviously, and uh, what Coach mm-hmm. Beamer was able to sell during a large period of time. You saw him winning a lot of recruits during that period of time over Virginia. What was his main selling point uh, for guys and guys like Tremaine to come over to VT over Virginia? Yeah, I tell you what. We, number one, we were going to recruit the state of Virginia. When we came to Virginia Tech, Coach, I, I came with Coach, and that was our priority. It was a, it's a good enough state that if we can surround the wagon, so to speak, and keep the players in state, we can compete for a national championship, which we did when we had Mike Vick and, and Corey Moore, who just was recently inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. But, uh, you know, we also – we, we created a family atmosphere. It, we were – we wanted to recruit in-state guys. We were going to do it with – you know, it's a relationship business, really, when it's all said and done. I know – the new era is changing things a little bit, even in college football with the, you know, with the, the uh, portal and stuff is a little bit more free agency than what it used to be. Uh, but it still comes down to relationships. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what we, we really sold the family atmosphere. I mean, we're going to work hard and we're going to be demanding, but just like a family, but we're going to treat you. We're going to treat you like our own. We're, you know, we're going to have their best interest at heart. And, you know, the one thing that we did have at Virginia tech in our time, at Virginia Tech, we had 28 different sets of brothers wow. that have come to Virginia Tech, which I think is more than anybody in the country. And currently, we have I think three other sets of brothers that are you know are on our on our program right now. Jalen Stroman, actually, who's our starting safety. Greg is with the as you know is with the Bears mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that that makes a statement not just about you know, the program we were winning and that type of thing, but more about the people in the program that we we were going to have, we were going to win and have a chance to win, but we were going to treat you right, treat you with dignity and respect, you know, have your best interest at heart. And, um, you know, when you have those kind of things, you tr- you create a trust, you create a loyalty, and that's really kind of what we had. It was a, it was a, a true family, you know, atmosphere mm-hmm. than just, you know, coming to work every day and, you know, and trying to be a better football player, better student and that type of thing. It really was a caring place. And I think that's what helped us beat UVA Mm -hmm. in in recruiting battles, (laughs) as well as a lot of other people around the area. But also that was, you know, be able to get a lot of players. And usually that second brother or the third brother in the Edmonds case, and we've had four Fuller brothers that all played in the NFL, and um, that last brother, like Tremaine, could have been gone anywhere in the country, but they came here just because of the people. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Greg Stroman. I actually probably week two or three did a podcast on him. Uh, He came in, our defensive back group was very banged up and he came in and did a phenomenal job stepping in for some of these some of these guys and it was really fun to watch so I actually did an episode on him earlier so I've, we've been talking oh, a lot of Virginia cool. Tech this year uh, because last year obviously Khalil Herbert another name uh, right. I did one on Khalil so a lot uh, Bears seem to like the Virginia Tech guys so um, let's talk a little bit about once he started playing his freshman year he played in 13 games he only he made two starts um, a ton of special teams that year 
he had 20 snaps yeah. as a linebacker, but majority obviously special teams. But he had 11 tackles, two and a half for loss that year. So when you guys are coaching and evaluating these guys who are at the start of the career in college and they are playing a, a lot of special teams, trying to find where they are going to really fit in and how they're going to develop, what specifically are you looking for and what did you see out of Tremaine Edmonds that you were confident that he was going to be able to take over and really play that linebacker position at a high level? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good question. You know, he came in and really, I was really pleasantly surprised because he played so many different positions in high school. I mean, he played, he played quarterback, you know, they snapped him, they'd run the ball away. He wasn't like he was a throwing guy, but uh, they, he played tight end, he played wide receiver, he played running back on defense, he played outside linebacker, you know, he played like a, a rush end. You know, he did play some linebacker. They just put him all over the place, and I was really – pleasantly surprised by his vision you know i think sometimes as a linebacker particularly you know if you're if you're a kid you can't just assume a kid can play linebacker Mm -hmm. you gotta have good vision sometimes instincts take over and he had that he had great vision he being a coach's kid i think being a multi-sport athlete them being and being a competitive family um you know he just had he was very instinctive coming in he had Mm -hmm. great football iq and uh, probably what held him now, as a long kid, he could run. He has good suddenness, quick feet for, you know, some guys that are usually longer, more long striders and that type of thing. But he's got, he's got uh, short-range quickness as well. And um, he was behind a senior. We had a senior linebacker that was a good player. Um, and when and Tremaine started a couple games because one of an injury – and then one we we sat the guy down and uh, toward the end of the year and uh, and Tremaine was ready at that time he was learning the system but you know we want we knew he was going to be a guy that was going to play next year and just getting that feel like I said I was really pleased with how quickly he learned mm-hmm. our scheme um, you know um, just his overall football IQ probably what he didn't have was great strength at the time but he just natural explosion natural hips. And uh, but you know could play in space, but there was this long athletic body, and so we we put him on special teams. That was kind of our mo with Beamer Ball and that type of thing with Coach Beamer. All of our all of our guys you know, were had to be special team guys and mm-hmm. team first guys, and and so he excelled there, and you could see him progressing like a lot of our previous guys. That this guy's going to be have a chance to be really special, and it didn't take long. And, he became a starter for us in, uh, you know, in 2016 and 2017, and and really was a um, just kept getting better and better yeah. and better. And uh, but just yeah, initially you just saw a long athletic guy, just kind of like what you see with the Bears. And I'm sure there's a you know any transition, there's going to be a learning process. Or, yeah. You know, I know the defense changed when when Matt took it over. Here the the last several weeks, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you're seeing that identity change and and seeing the guys be more accustomed to what's going on, and you know, you're seeing him play like he's capable of playing, and who they signed, you know, yeah. in the off. Well, and that's one thing. It's funny going back to camp. Uh, the first pictures and videos we are seeing of. 
Tremaine Edmonds. And obviously most people were familiar with him when he played for Buffalo. But when you see someone like this in person or kind of comparably to guys standing by other players that you are familiar with, everyone was like, this guy is huge. And I was like, he is a monster of a human. But he's just he's like you said, there's so many good traits um, in him that just directly correlate to that linebacker position. You mentioned a little bit that next season. I believe it was the next season where uh, Virginia Tech ended up winning 10 games that season. It was a really good season mm-hmm. for the Hokies. Uh, he appeared in 154 games that year, making 14 starts. Um, ton of recognitions that year, be, including some mm-hmm. ACC Defensive Player of the Week at one point, first team all at ACC. Uh, 106 tackles, 18 and a half for loss, four and a half sacks, one fumble recovery, and one interception. Um, and that's just kind of something we're seeing already here in Chicago. But what was the biggest growth you saw during from that freshman year to this sophomore year for him that you saw translate for that position and for Tremaine specifically? Well, I think number one was his off-season preparation. Mm-hmm. It was part his his attacking the weight room. Um, I think that was a, a big, big part of his development. Uh, I do think him taking over the starting spot and and being comfortable in that role and knowing that that was his and but he was a guy that was motivated and I think that really you know he took the next step because we were versatile with him we probably brought him in more pressure and things than, than has happened for him with he's been with Buffalo or with Chicago, we we blitzed him a little bit more, uh-huh. you know, and he was able to tack downhill and and do some things, and and that that and we created some things for him. But he also had ability to bend his body and that type of thing. But you know, really going into his sophomore year, he was just uh, familiar. Like I said, he had a good football IQ. He's a smart guy. He's a quick learner. You know, he was the guy that, you know, he was just playing ball instead of working ball, meaning he knew his position well. I could coach him on offense and start coaching anticipation and instincts and things of that nature. And and that was probably the biggest difference. But, you know, just having that ability, you know, he finished some games and started, you know, two games for us his freshman year. But there was some confidence, and he really worked at the offseason with film study, just learning the terminology you know, to where he didn't have to think twice. And then I think his physical development just allowed him to take that next step to be a guy that, uh, you know, everybody was taking, you know, taking note of that this guy's pretty special. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are seeing that now. It just dawned on me, too. You mentioned a name earlier that you had a lot of the Fuller brothers, which obviously Kyle Fuller played for the Bears, one of the Bears draftees. Right, one right. of my favorite. I honestly was super upset when. The Bears let go of Fuller because I I personally loved what he was able to do out there in the secondary. But uh, moving on to this junior season because he, again, it it just kept getting better. And one of the things that I think some people focus so heavily on are the – the numbers and the exact stats for everything. Um, That year he had 109 tackles, 14 for loss, five and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, um, and – it's these numbers. I, I don't even know how if it projects completely what Tremaine was able to do on the football field. And it's very similar for me to what happened here in Chicago, because in the beginning of the season, we are hearing some people complain about how they let go of Roquan and Roquan has this many tackles and this many this and has all of this. But the one thing I kept pointing out to everybody who was kind of coming after me on Twitter about it was that. 
quarterbacks were full on avoiding the center of the field. Wherever Tremaine was, quarterbacks were avoiding that area because he the the way he could make plays. And you kind of mentioned that you guys did a little more with him, but he they did not want the ball anywhere near Tremaine Evans because they knew whether it was going to be a pick, a forced fumble, whatever he was going to do, a tackle for loss. They didn't want him in in that area at all. And that's kind of something I noticed. So maybe the stats weren't adding up as quickly in the beginning, but he was still making impact in the games. And I think that is still something that was something that went back to Virginia Tech, if I if I'm not wrong in that. Yeah, and I'll say this: I think you know he is a complete football player, and that's the one thing. You know, he, I think the transition from the NFL to me is the. I mean, not that the college football they throw it all over the place, you know, but with more RPOs, and we really had him zeroed in on the run game and and that type of thing, but. The, you know the pass game is such a critical part of in the NFL. Uh-huh. It's and 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 there's they played so much more Tampa too. And you now we were multiple, and I think that's what Tremaine is. You know he's prepared to you know to compete and play well at the next level. Yeah. And uh, but you know I think his his length, his wingspan, uh, you know his area that he can cover. Um, I think that that stresses quarterbacks. They know that, hey, I, if I'm going to throw this area, I've got a pinpoint because this cat right here, he's got the speed to break on it, but he also has great range and, you know, great length, uh, you know, to be able to disrupt the throw or change the throw or, like you said, just make some plays in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that, that, you know, from a blocking standpoint, you got to know where he is in the, in the run game, you know, to try to get up to him because you know he, he can he can make some plays. But I've noticed it, too. We, we were at the game that he missed and got hurt, and I, I hate that because I'm, I'm part of my deal now is I'm, I'm staying involved with um, former players and guys that are currently, you know, playing in the NFL, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were up there, and, and uh, he was disappointed he didn't get a chance to play, but he really came. That was the Thursday night game. Yeah. I think you guys played uh, Carolina. But mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, um, you know, I had breakfast with him, and he was going to rehab the next day. But, you know, he is just really, from that point on, it seemed like he's just taking that next step and just yeah. seems to be playing fast. I actually hit him today. I meant to hit him yesterday because I knew I think Tuesday's their off day. But, uh I hit him that day. He looked. I'm sorry for the loss. I know we got a, a guy over on the on the Browns, but that was a, a tough, hard game, like hard fought game, like all of them are. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, he had a great pick six and showed his yeah. athletic skills with the ball. And I told him, tough loss, but hey, you look pretty good with the ball in your hand too. But uh, yeah, he grinded. Yes. You know? Well, yeah, and fourth interception for him uh, this year, which has just been so fun. It's. Funny, quick side story, because I, I went up to Cleveland. I live in Florida, actually, but I went up to Cleveland for the game, and I had just walked down to use the restroom, and as I'm in the restroom, they have the play-by-play on, and that's when he got his pick six. So I came oh, back wow. up, and I was like, I missed it. And everyone was like, also, go back, because you left, and we scored. And I was like, I know I'm too superstitious, but I'm not missing this game. And it was a very defensive-heavy game, personally. As a Bears fan, when you grow up a Bears fan, you love the defense, you love the linebackers. It's just... A historical yeah. position in Chicago. So seeing guys like Tremaine and TJ Edwards both playing at the level they are this year is just, it makes our, our hearts a little happy even when there is a loss. A um, couple more for you, Coach, before I let you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, his, we talked about his dad, obviously, a former NFL player also, and his brothers both in the NFL. Uh, one's still in the NFL. I'm not sure if uh, if Trey is on a team right now. but there's No, a- he's not. 
Yeah, I, didn't, I, I know last year he was, but I wasn't sure if he still was. Um, so a lot of success surrounding him from a young age, all of them from young ages, and maybe some would feel some pressure from that. Did you ever get the vibe from Tremaine um, that it was it felt like pressure for him to be good, or did he just love football that much that it, it he was able to be that person? Well, I think this, number one, uh, he comes from a great family. This is a wonderful family and they are they uh Farrell and and uh, cookie the, his you know the boys moms are just tremendous people and uh they you know i've got to know them really really well and they're involved in the community they've asked me down and you know they asked me to come to the the draft they asked me to you know come speak at their foundation that they have and we're very very close and um, I, you know, listening to them, I think they just had a standard uh, as far as not that, you know, that you're going to be this kind of player at the end of, the, you know, when you, you know, you start growing up, mm-hmm. but just the kind of people they were, that yeah. they were, regardless of what they were going to be involved in or what they were going to do, they were going to have family support. And, um, you know, but there was a standard of, of, doing things the right way, uh, doing it with dignity and respect, treating people with dignity and respect. And, you know, and that's, and I think that's what everybody likes about Tremaine Edmonds. You know, the thing about him, he's only 25 years old. This yeah. Is his sixth year in the NFL and he's 25 years old. Yeah, that's wild. You know, he was like the second youngest guy to ever be drafted in the NFL. And his future is still so bright. I still think he's just at the cusp of, you know, of even being so much better. Yeah. And now that you're, you're seeing this group of these linebackers, they're starting to gel together. They came in together, and there's there's going to be a special bond there. I think with Montez that they got from Washington, mm-hmm. that was a big addition. But, you know, I think what the NFL likes about, the you know, Tremaine and, you know, particularly the Bears, too, is the fact that he's going to be a great locker room guy. He's going to be a great leader. He's going to do things the right way off the field as well as on the field. And, you know, he's going to be a true professional. And I, so I, I don't think there was ever anything that he felt pressure because there was a standard. And I think that he's going to live that way. And, uh, and that's what he's going to be. That's why he's going to be a great professional. And I think at the end of the day, Bears fans are, you know, he's going to be up there with Dick Buckus and Brian Urlacher and, mm-hmm. you know, Roquan Smith, who, you know, I got a chance to recruit Roquan. But, you know, he's a different kind of athlete, yeah. you know, and, and they're all different in their own way. But, you know, the Bears have a special one right now, and not just as a football player, but as a person that will represent the organization and, and the city, you know, people be extremely proud of and be glad they, they play for yeah, which I love. I The reason I do Making Monsters is because obviously I love the Bears and I love talking X's and O's and football, but I also like to learn about these people beyond just the football field because they're more than that. Um, a lot of the, a lot of them, most of them are really incredible people off the field and their stories of how they got to where they are, are all very unique and really interesting to me. So that's what my whole when I started Making Monsters was reasons like that to just take people beyond yeah. the X's and O's, which is really fun. Um, final one for you before I let you go. Yeah. So, uh, 
draft process comes along. He ends up getting drafted by the Bills, obviously, pick 16 in that in that 2018 draft, uh, which I think most people were expecting once with all the draft talk. That was right around where people were expecting him to go. The Bills get Josh Allen and him that year, so uh, back-to-back wins for them in that draft. Um, so he, when he went to the Bills that first season, they only won six games, but his next four years with the Bills, they went 47-18. and 18. Uh, now, obviously, this offseason, he gets signed by the Bears, who had a much different path these last four years, 25 and 41 during that time. And I, I don't know, I can't speak for Tremaine, and you pro- you can't speak for Tremaine, but in your experience around him and how you know what type of person he is. And for me, honestly, I don't even know what goes through players' minds when they are going to play for a team that maybe is struggling if they're coming from a, a good team. Um, I know people talk about money. Uh, but it's also their careers. Do you believe that yeah. Tremaine took this as just the next challenge to show how how great he actually is? Yeah, I think you know, I really do. I mean, he is uh, he has a lot of pride. Um, you know, he is a extreme competitor, um, and I really think that his ultimate goal is he wants to be the best football player he can possibly be and help his organization win a Super Bowl. You know, and I think he felt they had a chance to do that in, in, in Buffalo. And, you know, and it gets to be, as, as we know in this business, there's salary caps and those type of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Buffalo made some decisions with some other defensive players. I know they wanted to keep him, but they could, you know. Yeah. And uh, But I do know this, talking to him, I mean, we, we communicate quite a bit. I think if there's one place that he would want to go and and play linebacker, it would be Chicago because of their rich history and their tradition. And, um, you know, with Mike Singletary, Mm -hmm. I mean, you you think about, you know, and and I'm an old school guy. I grew up (laughs) watching Dick Butkus, you know. So, I mean, they they just, he epitomizes a linebacker. Now, I think uh, Tremaine can be a little bit of all those guys because he has size, he's got speed, he's got length. He's an athlete, you know, and so, you know, he can be one of the monsters of Midway, so to speak. And uh, But I think talking to him and, and knowing that, you know, you're talking about one of the tradition-rich organizations and history-rich organizations in mm-hmm. the NFL. And, you know, to be able to go to, to, to uh, this club, the Bears, and, you know, I know he's excited. Yeah, money, I'm sure, is a factor when it's, with all this. But when it's all said and done, they're all competitors. Yeah. And they want to win, and you know, and they're, the Bears are trying to put together, you know, a, a squad to just not be competitive, but to to go win a you know a division, and then go put themselves a chance to go win a Super Bowl. And, yeah, and they're they're putting the pieces together. Uh, you know, sometimes the fans we're, we're not they're not as patient as we want them to be. <laughs> It ta- it definitely takes time, and um, yeah. we and I agree with you. I've been very even b- before this season. I was very high on a lot of the decisions that Ryan Poles has been able to make. There was he had a lot of a lot of holes to fill, a lot of gaps to fill when he took over this roster. And the defense, as we've talked about statistically, has been completely revamped from a couple of seasons ago. The offense is on that way, and I think that's the next big step is for that. But it, when I was just up. You know, like I said, for that Cleveland game, went down to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the amount of exhibits and uh, everything you're seeing of the Chicago Bears and 95% of them are linebackers or at least defensive players for Chicago. And that's just what it is. So it is really cool. And I, I would not be surprised if we see Tremaine's name in there. 
um, in the future because he is just, you feel like that level of player. But uh, Coach Foster, I really, really appreciate it. Um, all of your insight on Tremaine and other Hokies. Um, good luck yeah. Good luck to you guys moving forward. And obviously, I, I have a feeling we'll probably see some more Virginia Tech guys coming in the next couple years. Well, I, I sure hope so. And, <laughs> and thank you, Taylor, for reaching out to me. And like I said, I, it's easy for me to talk about the Edmonds family, in particular Tremaine. And, uh, you know, and like I said, I wish him nothing but the very best. And uh, I appreciate you having me on your uh, on your show. All right. Well, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And I hope you have a good, at least get a little bit of a break. Okay. Well, <laughs> same to you. And thank thank you. you so much. Okay? Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Coach Foster. That was really fun. I um, It's such an interesting story when you have multiple brothers playing in the NFL and your dad played in the NFL and there's this long history of guys being successful at all levels of football and I know that probably does add a little competitive edge between them but I I can see that most of them probably use that more they use that more as encouragement you know like reasons to play better reasons to try harder and challenge themselves and that was kind of my question at the end when I was talking about Tremaine coming to the Bears you from an organization that had been winning a lot of football games to one that isn't and that's probably not the easiest thing to do when you're a competitor but at the same time it really forces you into some challenges and look at what this defense looks like compared to this time last year that has to be they're not winning a ton of football games but that has to be kind of like a little chip on their shoulders of like we've really been able to turn this defense around and now the next step is figure out what we need to do offensively and that's uh, for another podcast but um we have Arizona this weekend. Arizona is not a very good football team. They only have three wins. Uh, their defense is not good at all. One of the worst defenses in the league right now. Um, but they're coming off of a – they just got crushed by the 49ers. 49ers are one of the best, if not the best, football team in the NFL right now. And so that was obviously a, a way bigger challenge than what the Bears will put in front of them. But at the same time – when the Bears are on, they can string together some really fun things. It's just a matter of doing that for four quarters, and I don't know why we can't. I hope that's something that starts to get figured out because a game doesn't stop after the third quarter. You have to keep playing, and that's offensively, that's defensively. So hopefully we see that, and hopefully next week after Christmas, we're ta- or on, I guess, Monday at, on Christmas, we're celebrating not only with our family and what type of year we had and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, but we're also celebrating a Bears win because I think we all just need it a little bit. Um, So we will see, but it's definitely going to be uh, none of these games to me are convincingly winnable and none are convincingly losable. Like I, I think we have the chance to win these last three games if they wanted to. They just have to pull everything together uh, and like I said, for a full four quarters. But the Browns also, that's one thing, is the, the Browns are not a bad football team. Uh, they're playing with a backup quarterback, Joe Flacco, yes, but Joe Flacco is a veteran. Um, he's has a Super Bowl. Like, he's comfortable. He can learn offenses pretty quickly. He can delegate. He can manage. And that's what he was able to do. Just he, even with mistakes, he was able to figure those out later and drive them down the field. And that was due to some bad Bears mistakes when it comes to – Justin Jones dropping back. Um, We could talk about a dropped interception that was called an interception. We can talk about Njoku being uh, stepped out. We can talk about another late hit on Justin Fields. Um, But at the end of the day, you, you overcome those things and you should be able to win football games. And 
We just didn't, but we have the chance to end the season on a high note and at least go into the offseason being optimistic about a lot of things, especially the defense. So, again, um, this is another Making Monsters. I have a fun little part two episode coming up. Uh, I just did Kyler Gordon last week, but I was actually able to talk to his mom. So I'm going to do a fun little part two of just me and Kyler's mom getting to know Kyler Gordon a a little bit more. And so that's coming up either this weekend or early next week. So keep an eye out for that. And then obviously we'll have another Making Monsters too. I still have not done DJ Moore. Um, There's several players, uh, Darnell Wright, uh, guys like that that I have not done yet that I still do want to do. So there's three more weeks to get some of those guys in here. And uh, I really appreciate everybody listening and commenting and reacting to all of these Making Monsters. And I hope you guys enjoy them, listening to them as much as I enjoy doing them. I appreciate you. Happy, uh, Like I said, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I will chat with you guys soon. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is Making Monsters. <laughs> Oh! <laughs>